Today, I, I got to warn you, it's going to be a little different. Uh, there's going to be skits because, you know, we're talking about a, a hefty topic, baggage. And so there'll be some skits. This all started in October when I went on a children's ministry, uh, not a retreat, but to a conference with our children's ministry folks. And I went really just as the executive pastor, showing some love to the children's people. And uh, God just really said, no, I'm going to talk to you while you're here. Sorry, you don't get to just walk around and look at all the cool things and, and be a pastor. I'm going to put my finger on some stuff. And baggage was one of them. And so I saw some of what you're going to see today from the skit guys. And before you think that we just stole it, don't worry. I went and gave them their money to say, hey, we want to use your skits here at Generations because we're not thieves. And they said, no problem. It's a real easy transaction. So uh, they did part of what you're going to see today. They did. And so I tell you that ahead of time. So if you're ever on YouTube, you're like, whoa, Isaiah and Max are geniuses. Yeah, we know who to steal from or purchase from. <laughs> so, but, so that fair warning. But let's define baggage. Besides the stuff you take on airplanes that they now charge you unless it's Southwest, right? Or you have a special credit card that gets you your first bag free. What is baggage? Uh, in the dictionary, it says baggage are the things that encumbers one's freedom, progress, development, or adaptability. The Urban Dictionary, one of my favorites to go to, says... Everyone laughs because if you've ever been on there, sometimes there's curse words, but I got the clean version. An issue regarding a person's past that can affect their current disposition, addictions, debt, disease, bad habits, past relationships, relationships, significant other or family, or kids are definitions of baggage. So when you hear the word baggage, what do you think? Does, does your head immediately go to maybe that coworker? That is always mean. You walk in and they just have a scowl on their face and they just bark at you all the time and you're like, dude, sorry that life disappointed you. Sorry that there's something wrong in your life that you just can't even smile every now and then. Or maybe, maybe you go to that friend that you know that can't stay in a relationship more than six months. And you think of that friend and you just think, I'm so sorry your dad didn't love you the way that, that you wanted to be loved. And therefore you just keep going from guy to guy to guy to guy in order to fill that hole that your dad left you. Or maybe it's that cousin that whenever you have a family get together, you know that the cousin's going to be in the limelight. They're going to be the one that's always in the limelight. They're always going to be there trying to be funny, and they're not. And they're, they're always going to be, everyone look at me, 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 because they have no self-esteem. Maybe that's what you think. I think of a couple of times in my life that I had baggage. And the first one was when I was about eight years old, I, I was picked to be in the play. Now, this was a Christmas pageant. And if you know anything about Christmas pageants and eight-year-olds, there is a hierarchy in jobs in a Christmas pageant. The lowest job is Joseph. Now, you're adults, and you've probably forgotten this. Why Joseph? Well, because Joseph was married. Ugh. Who wants to be married to Mary? That's gross. So Joseph is the low end, because you have to act like you're married. And that's just, ugh. Who does that but old people? It's true. Joseph, so I wasn't Joseph. Whew, thank you. The next one, there's a close second to low. It's either the shepherd or angel. Now, the shepherds are low because it's for the dumb kids who don't get to say anything, and they just get to walk out, hold their staff, and stand here the entire time with their sheep. And so you're like, I'm not a dumb kid. I'm a thespian. I want lines. And then the other one is the angel. They come in a close second because then you have to wear a white dress. And I don't care what you call it, it's a white dress. And you have to wear wings. You're like, am I a fairy? What's the deal here? <laughs> so the second close one to the shepherd is the angel. Now, I wasn't either of those. Now then there becomes two more. You can be the angel. 
which you don't mind wearing a white dress because now you have speaking parts. Do not be afraid, you know? That's not bad. You're like, I'll wear a dress if the light's on me, okay? No problem. And we're recording this, too. It's out there. We're going to isolate that. <laughs> it is out there. Um, <laughs> it's great, but it's true. All right, that's the next one. Then becomes the pinnacle. For a young eight-year-old, it, it's the wise men. The wise men are the best because you're bringing stuff to Jesus, and you get to, it's, it's a robe, and it's a crown, and you're a king. You are a king. And even with the wise men, there's a hierarchy. Anyone know what the best wise men of the three are? I heard over here. Gold. Why? Because no one knows what frankincense and myrrh are. <laughs> when you're eight years old, you're like, I'm carrying something. I have no clue what this is, so I want to carry the only thing I know, and that's gold. And gold is awesome because it's like money. And so I get to be a king that's carrying gold. So guess what I was chosen to be? The king that brought the gold. I was stoked. I was excited. I'm like, I am in the highest pinnacle when it comes to theater. So I'm backstage, and I'm getting ready, and I remember telling the people that were putting on the play, I'm like, listen, this uh, dress or robe, it's a little long. If you know anything about church productions, they recycle everything, so it probably was made for Jimmy, who was six feet tall, and I'm just eight years old, and I, I'm like, it seems really long. Don't worry about it, Isaiah, you'll be fine. You're just carrying the gold, you, you know, you're good. Okay, you know, you're eight years old, what are you going to do? So here I am in a crowd, crowded gym, every parent's there, because it's a, a Christmas pageant for my Christian school, it's my time to go. And I'm walking behind, and I'm the last king, because you've been presenting gold, and you're the best king, so you come last, let the two wannabe kings go first. <laughs> And I'm walking up, and I have to walk upstairs. No. <laughs> that first step hits, and I don't know it because I don't wear dresses. Next foot goes, and there's no give because I've stepped on my dress or robe. I'm eight. You barrel through it, right? No. Flat out Superman style towards Jesus. Gold starts flying everywhere. Joseph's getting hit trying to protect the baby because we have a real baby. The shepherds, <laughs> and of course they didn't give me fake gold pieces. These were like metal. The shepherds start using their staffs and, you know, pre-matrix, you know, moving them around. And I just go flat out gold everywhere. And the response was the same you're doing now. Utter laughter. <laughs> I'm eight years old. I am crushed. I am beat red. A, because I warned them that my dress was long or robe, was long, and B, because what do you do at that point? I just get up and I give them the leftover stuff. Here's your gold, because I just want to get off stage. That can be baggage in someone's life that they carry the rest of their lives. Fast forward a few years, and I went to a small community church in San Diego. We were about the size of generations. My uncle was the associate pastor. My mom and the pastor's daughter we're best friends since sixth grade. The pastor's grandkids and I were inseparable. We had Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, Sunday morning. We had Friday night potlucks. We had work parties on Saturdays. I mean, we were open all the time. And so this was a tight-knit community of people that we saw and knew. And so I joked and said, I didn't have one mom growing up. I had many. Because they, they would flat out tell you, Isaiah, knock it off, Isaiah. And, you know, I'm like, who are you? You're not my mom. But <laughs> it, it was true. We had that community. Imagine that tight-knit community, and your family's the first family ever to go through a divorce. And your parents aren't open in what's going on behind closed doors, because that's family business. And so all the church people know is that one of the deacons and his wife is getting a divorce, and that's not cool. 
and you're that kid, and you're hearing things. You're hearing parents talk. You're hearing them say things. That's baggage. I mean, it's really a miracle that, A, I act in church still today, and B, that I'm even here. Because that's baggage that, that, as a kid, I carried. And there's parts that, oops, there's parts that I still carry today. But it was baggage that I would carry with me. So today I want to read a quick verse, and we're going to look at some of the baggage we all carry, but a quick verse here. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let us strip the things that weigh us down. Let us strip the things that trip us up. And that's why we're going to talk about baggage, not only today, but over the next two weeks. We're going to look at what are the things weighing you down? What are the things tripping you up from running that race that God has called each and every one of us to run? What are the things that trip you up? And what's sad is baggage comes in many different sizes. And it starts even when we were little kids. Hey, hi. 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 How are you? I'm great, man. It's so exciting. We're going to build a treehouse. Yes, I can't wait. I love treehouses. They're my yeah. favorite. Uh, yeah. Um, what? Uh, what? You can't help. Why can't I help? You just can't, okay? You can't help us build a treehouse. But I like treehouses. I'm good at treehouses. My dad's built me like three. I'm ready to help. Okay, but we had, we talked, uh, the guys and I, we talked and we decided that you, you will weigh us down. What, what, what do you mean, weigh you down? I don't, I don't get it. I think you know this, but you're fat. <laughs> but I'm not fat. Mom, mommy just says I'm chunky. Chunky? Yeah. Peanut butter is chunky. You're fat. <laughs> but mom, mommy says I'm not fat. My, my family, we're just big boned. I'm big boned. Dinosaurs are big bone. You're fat. But, but my mommy says I've lost a lot of weight. I think you found it. <laughs> I just want to help. I'm sorry. You can't help us with that. Okay. Bye. If there is ever a lie we tell our children growing up, that sticks and stones will break your bones and words will never hurt you. As kids, words cut deeper than sticks and stones. As kids, we grow up hearing things from other kids. And if we don't ever learn to get rid of it, we just pick it up and carry it around with us the rest of our lives. Knowing that some little kid called me fat. Some little kid wouldn't let me build a tree house. And my parents said, don't worry, they're just words. Are they? Because those wounds strike deep. Those wounds hurt. I'd rather my bones be broken than words. And sadly, it just doesn't end there with kids. We have to grow up. And sometimes as teenagers, we have best friends, and they do things to us that hurt as well. Oh, hey, Shelly. Oh, man, I know. That was like crazy. I, I cannot believe like we were on the phone for four hours last night. I know, like my mom came into the room, she's like, you need to get off the phone. I was like, whatever. So I know I, oh, I, I know I'm supposed to talk to you about my buddy, but I'm telling you, there was a connection. No, 
No, I'm serious. Shelly, I think you're my density. <laughs> destiny, destiny. I think, I totally think you're my destiny. I think we are supposed to be, you know, I'm just saying together. Yeah, no, I'm totally going to text you that stuff. Oh, man. Now, I'm so glad that we talked last night. Oh, yeah, he's here. I got to go. Okay. Hey, man, what's up? Hey. Who are you talking to? Uh, on the phone. Uh, um, I was talking to Shelly. Oh, my Shelly. Uh, she's not your Shelly. What do you mean? I mean, you've, you've known that I've liked her ever since we were little kids. I mean, elementary school. And yeah. I asked you to talk to her for me. Um, yeah, buddy, um, here's, here's what happened. Like, we were talking, and I totally, I did. I, t I told her about you, and then we just started talking, and like her family and my family, and there's just all this, and there was a connection, and it was great. What, what do you great. mean there was a this connection? Between... I asked you to call her for me and ask her what she felt about me. And like me. Yeah, I, I did that, but I'm, I'm just saying, I think you should be, ha I, th I think. How can I be happy for you when I asked you, you you've known I've liked her. You've known I've hey. liked her ever since we were kids. What do you mean? You spent a few hours on the phone talking to her, and all of a sudden you guys are what, going out or something? L look, we're friends, okay? And I would just think that you would be happy for me. I can't be happy for you now. But we're friends. We've been friends since kindergarten, man. Yeah, well, our friendship just got a little shorter. And sadly, if we don't get over that, we can pick up another bag. Betrayal. Best friends for life, right? So we hold on to that because we don't know how to let go. So we go through life not willing to trust anybody because we trusted one person and they let us down. But it doesn't even mean that it's just our friends or kids that we know Sadly, even our family, it can cause us to want to have to pick up more bags in our life. Son? Hey, Dad. You, uh, you mind telling me what happened out there today? Listen, the light got in my eyes. And the light got in your eyes? Yeah, and the ball slipped. <laughs> the ball slipped. Yes, the ball slipped. Okay, son, this is your senior year. I know. Did you not know that there were scouts out there today? Yes. Do you understand what this means? Uh, the ball slipped. The ball slipped. Yes. I work 60 hours a week. I work my butt off for this family. And you, for the last four years, I have drugged this sorry butt out on this field every weekend, and five days a week, I've gotten my butt up early and your butt up early, and we have done these drills. The, the lights, that's not acceptable. Boss. Hey, 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 coach, coach, yeah. Butterfingers, total butter. We're going to work on it, okay? We're going to work on it. You're going you're gonna to put him in next week. Thank you, sir. Thank you. That's all I ask. Thank you. Are, are you crying? No, I'm not crying. All right. You are not going to ruin your mother's evening. We're going out after this. Get your stuff, get it together, and get in the car. Unbelievable.
light gun in my eyes. Pathetic. What people don't tell you when you're a kid is that a lot of times as parents, we have our own baggage. We have our baggage that we're carrying. We, we're trying to get through life. We're trying to raise kids, trying to keep a job. And we have hopes and dreams for our kids. And what we don't know is that undealt baggage sometimes gets transferred to them. And in fact, over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about that too. But our parents sometimes trying to get over their stuff. Well, they just give us another bag. And so we carry it. We carry it around because well, that's our mom and dad. And that's what they tell us. And so then we're carrying these bags around, and it gets heavy. Life gets heavy. Sometimes we just want to unload these. We just want to hand them off to somebody. And say, here, can you help me carry my bag? And we do it to the people around us, sometimes unknowingly. But we try to hand them off to others. Hey, bro, bro, come on, man. Okay, my wife and kids are in the car. Your wife and kids are in the car. Mom is in the car. We are all in the car, and we are going for ice cream. Yeah, So I'm not going to make it tonight. I'm sorry, you're not going to make it? This is ice cream. I know, I know. Love ice cream, but i got to get ready for tomorrow. I mean, it's Sunday tomorrow, and I need to get ready, and so. Okay. Dude, Mom's Church doesn't even dress up anymore. You could roll out of bed in that and go to church. There's no, come on, we're going to ice cream. Listen, Just, listen, I said I'm not going to make it. Can you let up a little? Come on. Okay. I, since everybody's in the car, I, I just need to say this, okay? For the last five, we just come to Mom's twice a year, okay? Yeah. It's Thanksgiving and Labor Day, all mm -hmm. right? right? And it's just ice cream. But the last several years, man, at dinner, you eat, but then you leave. You disappear into your room. You go for a walk. We don't even play games anymore. We can't get you. I mean, my, my kids are asking me, where's my favorite uncle? Listen, I'm busy, okay? I can't just let off. I mean, you have the perfect marriage. You're mom's favorite little you kid. I mean, I mean mom's always perfect. loved you. You know, I'm just trying to work through some stuff here, okay? Can you give a guy some space? It's just ice cream. Okay. I, I don't know what That's right. You don't know, and that's your problem. You have no idea. Okay. Don't come here with your judgment. I'm, look, I don't know who this is, but I miss my brother. And I love you, but I am not dad. I am not the one that did all of that to us. And what you do to me, what you do to us when we're together as a family is just not cool. We're just getting ice cream, okay? So even when people are around us to help, even when they want to take some of that from us, even when they're willing to, to ask some hard questions, sometimes we're not ready to let it go, so instead we unload. And we give it to, we pick up another bag. Because it's family, because someone tried to help us, and, and while we're trying to unload, instead we end up hurting that relationship. So we go through life weighted down. Of course, then there's always that last bag Nothing fancy about it. Just a small one. But this one, see this one here? This one's my secret one. This is one that no one knows I have. It's my secret sin. I keep it hidden. And I try to keep it together. 
with everything else, and I hold it close because I don't want anyone to know that it's there. So I guard it, and I hold that secret piece of luggage, that baggage next to me. And this is how we're supposed to do life. This is what we think is normal. So we show up here on a Sunday morning, and we're supposed to talk to kids about Jesus. Weighted down like this. We show up here on a Sunday morning, and we're supposed to be excited to see the person across the aisle from us. We show up to small group, and we're supposed to dive into the Word. But we're not going to let them in. What if they find out I've got another piece of baggage here, hidden? And so we go through life like this, and then every now and then, every now and then something gets a little out of whack, and, and we start biting people around us. We start getting rude and mean because our luggage just, just isn't manageable. We can't carry this anymore. And so we're looking each and every day for someone to help us. Hebrews said, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And when we hear that, when we begin to think of the baggage we carry, we just want to get rid of it. We just want to show up on a Sunday and go, take it all, God. I'm done. I'm done carrying this. I don't want it anymore. I don't need it anymore. And I'm done. But we know it's not that easy. We know that, that we can't constantly, that we can't just show up and get rid of everything. But I want to tell you we can start. Ever since last October, I've been asking God, what is the baggage in my life? And that is a dangerous question to ask. Because there are things that are popping that I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. Wasn't that dealt with when I was 12? Whoa, wait a minute. You mean that is still an issue between, between us? Oh, friend of mine, we still have a problem with this? Yeah, you do, is the answer that comes back. I don't know about you, but I want to go through life free, and only Jesus can really take this from me. He tells us, right? Come to me, those who are heavy burden. Lay this at the cross. Lay this at his feet. He wants you to have freedom. He wants you to be able to finish the race that God has set before us, but with endurance. And we can't do it when we're knee-deep in baggage. So over the next two weeks, we're going to dive into baggage deeper. How do we get rid of baggage? What is the baggage that, that you're handing off to your kids? What is the baggage you're handing off to your friends? What, what is the baggage that you're saying here? This is my baggage. Is it? And we code it with such neat words, right? Well, it's just who I am. Sorry, it's just me. Deal with it. Instead of that, why don't we deal with it? So I have a challenge for you. These next couple of weeks, on your way out, we have these little burlap bags. Nothing fancy about them. I want you to take one. I want you to promise that you'll bring it back over the next couple of weeks, but I want you to take one. I want you to put it in your pocket. And I want you, every time you see it, every time you feel it, ask God, what is the baggage you want me to get rid of? What is the baggage in my life that I need to address so I can live free. For some of you, this will be real easy. 
For some of you, you'd be like, what? I got a list. Which one does he want to start on? You're that self-aware. Some of you, are like, I'll take one. But I say, I don't have any baggage. Really? Because I guarantee you the signs are there. I guarantee you everyone else around you could give you a list of things you're carrying. Everyone can tell you. Your spouse can tell you. Your friends can tell you. Your coworkers can tell you the baggage you carry. So this week, I ask, take one of these and just ask the simple prayer, God, what is the baggage in my life you want me to get rid of? What is it? What is it? Because I believe we all want to live a life of freedom. I believe we all want to strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And the baggage that I have gotten rid of, I can tell you, I look back, so what people laughed at me when I was eight? So what? I tripped. It's a memory. How many of the people in the audience are still talking about it today? There's probably only one person. It's me. So what? My parents went through divorce. Divorce went through that church with certain people close to me that, that threw stones at my family. You know what? I was able to talk to them. I was able to tell them, let me, t- let me tell you, you're, it's okay, it's not you. Let me tell you what I had to do. See, I was able to heal from that and move on. But it starts with asking God, what is the baggage that I carry? So take one of these, promise to bring it back, and let me pray for you.